Ladies and gentlemen, I have to disclose, Selena married me for my money. Joke's on me. There's never any money there in the first place. I'm kidding. Yeah. What, what proverb did we read with the girls this morning? It was like, there is a, a, a poor man who acts as if they're wealthy and a wealthy man who acts as if they're poor. Uh-huh. I was poor and couldn't act any other way. <laughs> Remember I had a, we got married we at, were a, not at a 1977 V-Dub Type 2 bus. Uh, the way that you knew that it was low on gas is when you stopped smelling fumes. <laughs> to shift into second gear, you had to have the exact right RPM thing. If you pressed the stereo buttons too hard, it would fall through the dash. <laughs> <laughs> so when we got married, we were living on water and sunshine uh-huh. and uh, living on love. And I was working as a janitor. Selena was a barista at Starbucks. We were in college. And we've had our share of financial Blunders. Blunders? Financial blunders. Blunders. We bungled it financially (laughs) at times. And we've learned through a lot of trial and error in our almost 20 years of marriage, the value and maybe even some of the tactics of living well beneath your financial means. So we're going to talk to you about that today on the other side. So blunders of living, not living beneath your means. We have plenty of those to share. But I think one of the biggest things that, or one of the, yeah, one of the biggest things I think that we overlook when we're talking about finances and living beneath our means is the actual freedom that you have once you decide to start do that, living like that. Once you resolve and say, no matter yeah. what, we're going to live beneath our means. We're not going to spend the money. We're, it's, it's the habit breaking that seems the hardest. But once you're past that, you start, being able to sleep at night. You start being the, able to... Honestly, the habits, I think, come after there's a heart. I'm saying the bad habits, the bad habits and tendencies of like spending your money above above and beyond while you're trying to, I don't know, attain some semblance of right, identity. That, come from? that comes from a heart orientation that says, I need to have that identity to right. feel right. Or I need to keep up with this friend group it's or this a hard thing to that change, I'm trying to maintain. I, I think. But until the heart orientation is transformed, and I think that comes by... Reading the word, letting it read us, letting it transform our hearts, and then submitting ourselves unto God's idea of of wealth. Like, what is God's idea of wealth? Because He has thoughts. Right, on money. and that's what I'm saying is Most that of no, Jesus' parables had to do with money on okay. some level. Well, that's what I'm saying is that I don't think we talk about the freedom and the goodness of living mm. beneath our means. We just focus on. Oh, I have to do it because we can't afford our life. You Dave know, Ramsey said so. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of freedom. <laughs> so if you don't know who we are, we'll do a quick introduction. My name is Ryan. This is Selena. We are the Fredericks. This is the Fierce Families channel. If you're watching this video, if you're listening, welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. Uh, this episode actually is being remixed right now. Like this is this is the one. So we've done over the number of episodes that iTunes or whatever Apple Podcasts will let us host. And so all of our older episodes are dropping off. It's fine. They need to be updated anyway. You know, so it's probably I, yeah, good I they got. It. It's like the first hundred that got <laughs> dropped off, which because is early on. I was. A, I, I think we didn't know how to podcast together. And oh so man, we listening to like the first five or ten, you're like, oof. Uh, I would just say first fifty or hundred. Okay, it's <laughs> probably yeah. So we're on episode three hundred and seven, is what ours says, but I don't know what it actually is. It's around the three hundreds, uh, <laughs> and this is this is good. This is yeah. This I, is good to talk about. I want to start with the scripture. And then I want to talk about some of this, I guess, maybe some of our story, um, just to testify, if you will. Yeah, about your malfeasance, money malfeasances. Mine. (laughs) Well, I have some words for you, young lady. 
Um, and then I want to read through, of all passages, uh, a passage in First Chronicles. So, and it was actually in my reading for today, and that's why I was like, we got to talk about this because this is just <laughs> as fresh as it was the first time I read it. So here's uh, Hebrews 13, 5. Here's what it says. It says, keep your life free from love of money hmm. and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So this is one of those verses that we don't get the full benefits of the meaning until we look into the Greek. And I'm not going to go into all the Greek here, but I will say this. The way Greek emphasizes something is it will it will use like double and triple negatives. So in English, we can't do that because they negate one another. <laughs> but in the Greek, it's like the more negatives you use, the more emphasis you're putting on it. It's like mm. just, it's amplifying and not negating. Oh, okay. And so this passage says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I think if you were to read it literally in the Greek, it's like, I will not never leave you nor will I never forsake you or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's like, I will not never, never forsake you. Right. <clears throat> so and of course, in English, it sounds a little bit ridiculous. But the point is, is there is, that is the grounding principle of this entire conversation. If you were to do a, a, a textual uh, a discourse kind of analysis of that passage, that's where you would find the center thrust of that passage mm -hmm. is because... He has said this, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, it takes time for, for that truth to go from the text, through our eyeballs, into our mind, mull around up there, time. <laughs> and then somehow migrate down into our hearts to where we actually believe, oh, God is uh, truly who he says he was. Yes. Christ did what he said he did, and those implications are what he says they are. And I think that's the thing that, I, that, that's what we're fighting for here is as a young married couple, I think we would have said, yeah, you know, God's a provider. Hoorah. Like we would have got that. But you live a way that, live in a way that doesn't actually put yeah, it on display. Right. You're not actually stewarding what he's given you. You are just depending on him. And I think that for so long, I guess personally, I thought that blessings were just, you know, things you received and that was that and it was good. But blessings, as I've grown in my older years, <laughs> they require work. They require stewardship. But why? I mean, work is a gift as well. And so working at some, putting your hands to the plow, working at something that God has given you is also a blessing mm. uh, to be received by us, stewarded well and given back, offered up to Christ, to God as our our offering back to him for his glory, you know, and so. It, I just want to add one more thing because yeah. as you, so you realize kind of what the, the weight of a blessing is, what stewardship is. You realize that the orientating effect it has to understand that Jesus will provide the way he says he'll provide. Mm -hmm. And it may not be the way I think he should in that whatever moment, but I can, he's trustworthy. I trust him to, yeah. And then there's an effect of fearing the Lord that it has upon the wisdom of the heart and the, the way in which you you live out this life. And so I, I the fear of the Lord, by God's grace, I, could, I say this with some level of confidence, I fear the Lord more today than I did 20 years ago. And I live like it because yeah. it's, it's a truer, deeper, longer, tested fear. And so I think some of the decisions we made early on in our marriage were, were just ignorant decisions. There wasn't a wisdom behind them. I think we had more wisdom than we could have had. <coughs> mm -hmm. Like we could have been a lot more foolish. So I'll just lay it out. We got engaged. I was working as a landscaper and I had a dishwashing job. 
And I, I was, was a landscaper at a church, and I had a dishwashing job. And at I a was a br- I was a barista. We were both finishing college. We, no, we weren't even. Well, we had we were starting our junior year. In oh yeah, undergrad. Okay. Yep. What had happened is we had dated for for four years. We we had um, you know, committed to uh, not having sex before marriage, as is the Christian view, and we and we were very convicted of that. And thank God for that. My parents and we had that kind of baked into our relationship from the beginning. And I thought to myself. It is better to marry than to burn with passion. And I thought, we're young. I think that's a verse somewhere. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. And, and I, I read that and I thought, that's that's it. That's me. <laughs> and so I had a car that was, I think, uh, I think it was given to me. Or I, I, I bought it for whatever reason. And I sold it to my uncle, took the cash. I had a, a diamond from my, my grandmother. And Selena knew my grandmother. Actually, uh, our fourth daughter is named after her. Mm-hmm. I had one of her diamonds from, I think it was one of her earrings. And I needed to buy a setting, so I went and I bought a setting with half of this money, and I took the other half of the money, and I said, I'm going to use this to do some extravagant engagement. It wasn't a very expensive car, just for the record. It was $3,500. <laughs> and I think the setting that I bought for you was like 1200 bucks or yeah. something. And I blew the money on something else. <laughs> Wisdom, right? Um, and so when we got married, what I'm trying to say is that we were just kind of scraping things together to, to, say, to find that starting point. We're going to start our life together. Yeah. By the grace of God, I think two months before we got married, I ended up interviewing for this janitor job at this at this nice mid-rise apartment building, really close to where we were going to school. Right on the water. It was on the water. We had a view of the waterway, which is like unheard of, yeah. you know, 20 years we old. We were getting ready to live in kind of a oh, we, we, a not great place, but we were like, hey, it's ours. We're going to make it work, you know? Back when rent was like maybe six, 700 bucks a month <laughs> in, in the places Gosh. we were looking at. And the, the arrangement I had at this other place is that I would be a janitor and they would take the rent out of my paycheck pre-tax. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of saving me, it was saving us an extra 300 bucks a month yeah. in taxes or so. And you could work flexibly around your class schedule. Relatively which, flexibly, yeah. yeah. As long as I, you know, kept the place clean, no one <laughs> asked questions. Of course, it had like, you know, 200 units and commercial <laughs> units and condos was, and all that. Yeah. It was an extremely arduous job. But in that process, we, we were just at, we were in, in college, so there wasn't really a lot of opportunity to, to rack up debt. And then what happened was we graduated college, long, long story short, by the book Fierce Marriage. By the way, if you want to hear this story in its more drawn-out detail, uh, we go to Switzerland because Selena had this wild hair to, to go be an au pair slash groom at an amateur horse riding facility. We thought, we graduated college. We don't have careers lined up. Mm-hmm. Why not? Let's go. So we sold the, the little things we had. We put some stuff in your mom's garage and we went to Switzerland. <laughs> I have this heart, congenital heart defect I had no idea about. Well, I found out about that about three weeks later Yeah. via open heart surgery that I, I had endocarditis. It was a big thing. I was in the hospital for five weeks. That just floored our trip. We After, I think, 10, I'll say 10 weeks we were in Switzerland, we came back. Mm-hmm. We celebrated our second anniversary on the plane mm-hmm. crossing the Atlantic Ocean from east to west. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'll never forget that because it was just such a visceral experience. And we land and we've got this mount. So we went to State University. We had some grants. We didn't mm-hmm. have a ton of college debt, but we had some. Mm-hmm. We had some debt from a car that we had bought. Um, and I, a car that he had bought. Just this kidding. Was your, uh, this, this was your Saturn. Car? Yeah. Oh. What happened Saturn. to the Remember truck? Oh. Yeah, we did. I sold that. Took a loss. Took a loss. See, so I'm not the only it like, one. It was like a massive amount of money. <laughs> it was like a thousand dollars. I was like, I'm never going to recover. <laughs> never never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> um, and so we come back, and we had some debt from school. We had some debt from, we had some credit card debt. I think, yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, neither we came back, and neither of us had jobs, and we were like, well, we were just going to go live in Europe until we had to start paying our 
our school debt back, which was like six months grace period. And we were working for like, I'm not we were working for nothing. $2 an hour. Yeah. The amount of but I was riding us. European horses. <laughs> and I was breaking my back. <laughs> oh my gosh. Killing myself. It was beautiful and such an amazing experience. I'm but glad you had fun. Also not. <laughs> the view from the hospital was great. <laughs> of the Swiss, Swiss countryside. I mean, come on. Yeah, I didn't see the Swiss countryside. I was, it was Zurich. Window. Well, I saw the hills, but anyway, anyways, yeah. so <laughs> all that to we say, we had no concept of money because we had at the hospital. They're like, "Hey, you want to put this on a credit card?" Because it was a Swiss socialized medicine thing. Yeah. We're Americans. We're they don't fit into the we system. We don't fit the system, and so they were like, "Just put it on your credit card. It's cool. It's a hundred thousand dollars." And I put it on, and we're like, "No, that's not how we do things. We'll figure this out." We have we had by the grace of God, we have travelers insurance. So that took a year, but they paid for it, and so we came back and uh, had no concept of money. No, and many young marrieds are in the same boat like you, you if, especially if you've been to grad school or mm. if you've done private undergrad chances are you're coming out of college with over a hundred thousand dollars of debt each yeah and so you've already got this kind of this skewed view of money and we that would have been us and we uh at that point decided we were gonna get a house and so we consolidated all of our debt into a, a heloc thing that my parents they took HELOC on their house and when we were using that as our kind of line of credit right so we could just pay one place and not yeah. pay five different places but then what happened is we couldn't afford to really make headway on it because we mm-hmm. weren't making that much money yet and so we were just paying the interest and and keeping it at bay but then we would have a uh, you know like a need come up and we wouldn't have the savings so right. we'd say, let's just borrow another five thousand dollars because we have this and before you know it it's a lot of debt yeah um, and it, it was over 6K, or it was over six figures at one point. Yeah. Um, and so, and you're like, what do we have to show for this? And I know people are shaking their heads. Like, well, I'm telling you, we were not living mm-hmm. with like sober, like sober wisdom around. And I think in our marriage, even then, we were not, we were like, I, I don't know, like it didn't bother us too much. I never lost sleep over it, but it was always hanging over my head. Right, it was always hanging over your head. And then when it would come to a financial decision, like that was always right there. And so again, there's the stress, there's the tension, there's the how do we navigate this faithfully? Do we even know how to navigate something faithfully like this? Yeah. You know, And so it just, it can become a, a strain around your neck. And God gives us instruction on how to deal with finances and to deal with debt because there is so much that goes into, I think, that can go into money and mm. Uh, purchasing and, and oftentimes, you know, in the world we live in, is just this identity and what you look like and what you have and all the. Those have become more of defining and distinguishing pieces of a person than the person himself. Yeah. And so, we live in an age of pretense, right? Yeah. And where, where it's appearances are so important. And so, I think we have to have this in our guts that this idea that the Lord is my helper. Mm. What can man do to me? That's speaking to the fear of man. It's not speaking to, like, we don't fear for our bodily well-being in mm-hmm. the West, by and large. We don't fear for that. Mm-hmm. But we do have another type of fear, and it's the fear of man that says, I need to have, I need to fit in. I need to feel like yeah. I belong. Right. Even if it's in or this, I don't stand out. In this yeah. microcosm of a subculture that you find yourself in, whether it's your church or maybe you where your kids go to school or some sports or whatever that right. thing is like you need or your neighborhood you feel like you have to belong and, and and so unless this truth gets in there into your guts and you say I will not fear man I will trust the Lord I can confidently mm-hmm. say these things then this will continue to have a, a stronghold I think yeah. um, by God's grace we were able to uh, God broke me one night we had moved to Southern California I was pursuing starting a, a business it was a so 
long story short, I used to be um, do energy uh, conservation, conservation resource management for the state of Washington. I wrote this database out of SQL way back in the day. It was like front, you know, bleeding edge of like green legislation, right? I built this database and I got bored with the job and I was like, I'm going to go start the solar company because I know how to build these systems and I want to <laughs> sell them. And the economy was booming right around 2008. <laughs> and they no, crashed. in 2012 uh, or so. Yeah. I don't remember the timeline. Point is, None of that happened because mm-hmm. we moved to California trying to sell these solar systems and nobody was interested because everybody was barely holding on to their houses. Right. And so I ended up starting a web development company. But basically we were living hand to mouth for about, for five years. Mm-hmm. I remember having conversations about this, the interest and the interest was as much as our rent on this loan. And we're not making any headway. It's costing us all this money. Yeah. And I'm lamenting the fact that how am I going to get out from underneath this? Mm-hmm. I remember sitting out on our deck in the warm you know, spring air in our California apartment. apartment. <laughs> It, it was awesome because it felt like a resort, but it was just a, a par for the course California thing. And so we're, I'm thinking and I'm praying. I'm kind of angry with myself. I'm angry with God. And, and he just look, he just like like a, a heavy blanket was like, you are not your provider. I am. Mm. God was saying this to me. Stop trying to figure it out. Yeah. You are not your provider. I am. And that broke me in the best way. And it gave me this. It, it broke. Everything I'm talking about here, this this fear of man, this yeah. this lack of trust in God, and finally I could just take a deep breath and you've gotten us here. There were times in that stage <laughs> of our life where rent was due and we had fifty dollars in our bank account, yeah. and I'm waiting on a client to pay their their outstanding balance on a on a web build that I did, and it would come in in the nick of time, or right. something would happen inexplicably, and it would be our provision, it would make our ends meet right. for that month, and so <clears throat> God had shown us how to trust Him, and then to kind of bring that debt part to a close, we moved back up north after five years of being in California, living mm-hmm. hand-to-mouth this entire time. Like, we lived on $3,000 a month, I think. Mm-hmm. It's probably, like, rent was, I think, 1200 We had, like, a $300 car payment, mm-hmm. and then everything else was just, that was absorbed by the other $1,800 or whatever, or $1,500. But we made it work, and then... We had some business stuff change. I ended up, we moved up north after we had our first daughter. We were living, renting from my parents. They had a mm-hmm. place. We were renting them from them at like bare minimum cost because we were trying to dig ourselves out of this debt. Mm-hmm. Remember, I, there was a time in our business, and I'll go really short, where I was building, I was designing and building a one website a day, mm-hmm. like from start to finish. Designed it, pitched it, get approval, build it, deploy it in mm-hmm. one day. And I did that back to back for weeks on end. Mm-hmm. And so there was a kind of a feast or famine moment and it was feast <laughs> and i remember just getting as much work as i could and we finally just paid off all that debt over like about two years mm-hmm. that's what it took um and that's what god used to get us out of that and i'm thankful for that i can't really take credit for it because it just the work kept coming and i just kept doing the work <laughs> it wasn't like i was right. some master businessman but we had um, had conversations i mean because we could have very easily been like oh we'll just you know we'll pay our bills but like we've got more money so we could there's still a decision to be made there. It was one period in our marriage where I was actually like ferreting away money and yeah. you didn't know about. Squirreling away. <laughs> it was it was <laughs> hidden in the it wasn't hidden, but it was in the bank in the business accounts and you didn't know about it until I would just finally drop a check. I'd, I'd drop a check on the balance of our. Well, you, you know, would tell me about it though. I, know, I it's yeah. not that I I needed <clears throat> access or wanted access to it for, you know, frivolous reasons. It was just this is our budget. This is what yeah. we're living on, and anything else is going to. Uh, pay our debt and pay our bills and get us out of debt and to live beneath our means. But because I seem to remember you, there being a fair bit of tension because there, yeah, we, I think we were needing a new vehicle. We, we yeah. were needing just 
we wanted to get a house. Yeah, and I think that, you know, just living beneath your financial means doesn't come without, it's not just, oh, we can't like buy the nice shoes that all of our friends have, or I don't know, whatever is something funny like that. Um, it's more about like, okay, we're feeling the heat. We've got a small car, we've got a growing family. We're squishing into these cars, trying to get where we need to go, not going on extra trips because gas is crazy expensive. You know, there's just, it's all kind of those little squeezes, but eventually it adds up and you're like, okay, and then the time comes. And when the time comes, this has always been the theme when we're doing any sort of purchases or finances. It's like, we don't just go look and buy. It's like, okay, we've been looking for months. These are the exact things that we need and want. Here's the things we're able to negotiate on or we're give and take but this is the price and we cannot go past this. And God has been so faithful to provide a vehicle that we need. It's like a, uh, a, it's just a, a process the of fleece thing. Where yeah. it's like, Lord, if, if you would, this is our kind of our fleece. We don't mean to put you to the test or to test you, but we are gonna like test our we, faith in a sense. We put our needs out there and we yeah. are living with a need for a while and that's yeah. okay. You don't, just because you have a need doesn't mean it needs to be fulfilled right then. Like yeah. having that need creates more dependence on God, creates more, like thankfulness, I think, in our own hearts when and how that need is met when God decides. That's good. Yeah, and so I, I don't know where we're going with that, but the point is at some point there was a shift yeah. uh, in the heart orientation uh, that was it almost like God, and by God's grace, maybe you don't have to get to this point, but I needed to get broken, and I needed to learn to trust in our trustworthy God. Yeah. And uh, I'm happy to say that that is a lesson that's been continually baked into my heart. At times I reject it, and God is good at, at putting it back in there, and I'll re- and put it back in. Yeah. And finally to the point of like fuller resignation. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, thank you, know, you, Lord, that books are not selling. Thank you, Lord, the books are selling. Like, there's, way, it's, thank you, God. <laughs> yes, I mean, God sustains yeah. us. Uh, I think Elizabeth Elliot said something like, he gives us, you know, give us this day our daily bread, you know. And so if we don't have something today that we need for tomorrow like we don't need it like what <laughs> he he is it's faithful to sustain us yeah yeah it's, it's it's, so thing. just trusting him in that but it's very anti God. or oh yeah for sure you've got all this pressure like do you have your retirement figured out do you have you know well at our age yeah i think it's young like, people deal with different things yeah well so i want to read this verse from from um first chronicles yeah, and it's david's prayer so the context here is uh David had just, they're just basically settling into, you know, David's kingship. Yeah. David was king for 40 years, and he's transitioning out of, and he's transitioning Solomon into being a king. Yeah. David wanted to build the temple of of God. He said, I'm living in this beautiful house, but you're living in a tent. God, I want to build you a temple. And God said, no, there's too much blood on your hands. I'm not going to let you do it. You're a man of war. You're a man of war. Uh, I want your son to do it. So David said, I'm going to amass kind of resources so that when the time comes, my son Solomon, who is... Not yet the wise man that he became. Yeah, young and inexperienced. He's young and inexperienced, so he's ready to go. And so David calls on the people of Israel, and they bring willingly mm-hmm. and sacrificially their gold, their metals, their resources, mm-hmm. all the stuff they need to build this temple. And so this prayer is David's response uh, to God's provision. And it's it's a lengthy passage. I want to read it um, because it, it it's just too good, and then we'll talk about it, and then we'll end it. So it's, it comes from uh, 1 Chronicles 29. It says, there, it says this, um, starting in verse 10. Uh, Therefore David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens uh, and in the earth is yours. Okay, that's the key. 
And we're, we're, what we're touching on here is the idea of stewardship. Yeah. And very quickly, the idea of stewardship is that everything that exists, and David will say this, everything is God's. Yeah. If we were to give God something, we're only giving to him back <laughs> what, is what he's given to us, mm-hmm. what's already his. And so the things that we have in this life, be it your car, be it these microphones we're talking into, be it this Bible in my hand, any resource that we have, the, 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 the breath in our lungs, this child that's sleeping off, the, off camera, Every single thing is a gift from God. And if we were to give it back to him, we're just giving him something that he's, it's already his. Right. And so we can't, he's not called us to give everything in that way back to him. We are giving it back to him in the sense that we are stewarding it. Right. And everything that we do, even how we steward things, we're stewarding it, stewarding it as unto the Lord. We're being right. that right. servant. I'm not going to say, God, here's this microphone. Uh, take it. Do what you will with it. He's like, no, I gave it to you so you can use it and steward it unto my glory. Right. I'm not going to say, God, this daughter is great. Take her. <laughs> He's saying like, raise her up in right. the things of God. Right. The nurture and admonition. So anyway, David's continues. says, everything in the heavens and on earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom of the Lord. And you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you. And you rule over all. Mm-hmm. In your hand are power and might. In your hand. And in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise, our glor- uh, praise your glorious name. He says, but who am I? And what is my people that we should be able to... Uh, Thus to offer willingly, mm-hmm. for all these things come from you, and of your own have we given you. For we are strangers before you, and sojourners as all our fathers were. Our days in the earth are like a shadow, and there is no abiding. O Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand, and all is and is all your own. All is already owned by him. <laughs> The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. It's all created for the glory of Christ, by him, through him, and for him. Yeah. And to me, like that, so trusting the Lord and recognizing that we're a breath, like we're a shadow. We will be here today, gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yet he's calling us and giving us this charge. He's, mm-hmm. he's somehow, uh, he's let us participate in his work on earth. And we are to do that with glad trust with glad generosity, with sacrificial giving, with mindful wisdom, all rooted in the, the trust and the fear of the Lord. And Selena, that's what you're talking about at the beginning. And that's where the freedom comes. Right. Because when you trust God and you understand the context, which is stewardship, then you can say confidently, I don't actually care if you make fun of the car I drive. <laughs> or you can say, it. you know, a good friend of mine said, even, you know, like when Christmas comes around and you're buying gifts for people and you can even, there's places to, you know, you got to go out and have parties and eat with friends you know you can say hey i'm just not in a season where we can do that right now you know do you guys want to come over to our house and we could you know find a better way more financially (laughs) fiscal way maybe to Mm -hmm. celebrate with people and it's okay to say that i think it's okay to be good and honest with people because it's more of a i don't know you're just being transparent and it's not in a Uh, no I agree with you. It's okay to say that, but only if you understand what we've talked about here. Because if you're still rooting your worth yes. in what your friends think, that will be devastating to say, you're all going to go have a fun time. I can't go because I can't afford it. So, you know, instead of saying that, I'd rather just swipe the credit card and deal with it later. Right. And that's, well, that's why I said, that's, that's what that's what I'm saying is yeah. that you can, it's good. Yes, it's good and right and okay to say that, you. but you have, you can only say that yeah. from a place of confidence and the Lord. Back. I, I totally agree with He's you. so combative these days. I don't know what his problem is. <laughs> Yeah, I'm tired. Days, <laughs> Days are, are long. Days are short. Days are short. <laughs> anyway, uh, we hope this has encouraged you. Uh, I want to finish this one verse, uh, and it might be familiar to you. It's just this, uh, the love of money. 
is the root of all evil. Hmm. Love of money is the root of all evil. Money's a tool. It's like air. Mm-hmm. It exists. We breathe it in. We breathe it out. We we get money. We spend it. We invest it. And the prayer is that we use it well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if ever we try to hold it and grasp onto it, we become like Smeagol. We turn into a golem and we turn into a monster and we turn decrepit and we shrivel inward. We collapse inward on ourselves like a dying star. <laughs> if we decide to love this thing that is not worthy of our love, mm-hmm. instead we love the Lord and we serve him with the money that he entrusts us with. Um, Yes, hopefully that's helpful to you. Um, If you don't know Jesus, we want you to know Jesus. We have a website Mm -hmm. for you to learn about what it means to know Jesus. It's thenewsisgood.com. And the the good news is the news of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And here's why it's good news. It's not good advice. We're not telling you how to live your life. We are telling you that Jesus has done something that for once and for all paid the price for sinners. Mm -hmm. For those who trust in him, he has lived a perfect life. He died the sinner's death so that we might have the reward of his righteousness in our own death, that we might live eternally unto him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, you guys, that is the hope we have in eternity. This life is not all there is to our human existence. Mm-hmm. Don't believe the humanist lie. Don't believe the secularist lie. Like, we're not just matter <clears throat> and energy. We have a soul. There's something else. And that something else is the God of the universe. And he reigns over and above it. And we are called to submit to him and to live unto him. And we can only do that in light of who Christ is and what he's done. I said more than I meant to say, but there you go. Go to thenewsisgood.com and you can find steps down that path. We pray that you would. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the gift of money. Thank you that you've not been silent on money and its effects on our hearts. I pray that we would submit unto you uh, every penny that you've entrusted into our care, every uh, material resource that you've given us, that may we use it unto your glory, not our own, mm. unto your joy and not our own. But also, God, may we enjoy it uh, in a way that is honoring to you. Um, and, and enjoy this life you've given us um, so that we can honor you um, through it. I pray for couples that are struggling to find agreement on their finances, that they might find that agreement, that they might find it around you, not just around some pragmatic way of managing, but instead the joy that is to be had in you and trusting and stewarding on your behalf. Lord, and I pray that you would help them uh, communicate effectively through that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, if you haven't considered it yet, please like and subscribe this video, this podcast, wherever you are. Uh, if you want to partner with us, go to fiercemarriage.com slash partner, and we would love to see you there. That's one of the ways that God provides for this ministry. Speaking of money and resources, <laughs> we are still trusting the Lord, and that's one of the ways we trust Him. So we appreciate you considering that. With that said, this episode of Fierce Marriage is... In the can. We'll see you again in seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce. Stay fierce.